siblings in Christ, all of you who are walking a little bit in darkness, peace be with you from Jesus Christ, the light of salvation who saves his people and comes to us in the dark. Amen. Of all the things uh, to say tonight, I've really got nothing more or better in the end than peace be with you. So peace be with you as you can find it or as it can find you this season. It gets dark really early this time of year. For some reason, daylight savings time and the waking hours of daytime have struck me a little harder this year. Maybe for me, it's because our kids are a little bit older and they want to stay up later and there's just more time being awake when it's dark outside, when things seem dark. There's a lot of time that seems dark when we're awake. And for some of you, those of you in this room and those of you online, that is true in more than one way, I'm sure. Something that comes with that darkness, though, this time of year and all over the place is all of the lights, though, right? These things, these Christmas lights. Some of them are subtle, and some of them are way over the top. Some of them are professional, and some of them are very unprofessional, but they are all over the place, and we seem to have some kind of cultural obligation or even competition to light up our neighborhoods like local Vegas strips of Christmas time, see if we can get our Christmas displays to be seen from near-Earth orbit. But these lights, these Christmas lights, are just one part of what is supposed to be festive this time of year, right? Lights and displays, images of cheery faces and children and grandparents, trees and trimming them, garland and holly, all of those kinds of things. Stockings with names on them, shopping for everything, putting them in packages and boxes and bags, the most wonderful time of the year, right? So go have yourself a merry little Christmas and let your heart be light and so on. And by golly, we try hard to participate. You try hard to participate in these, I believe, to capture Christmas and that cheer and the spirit of the season, but it's awfully hard to do. Especially, I think, for those of you in this room and those of you who are watching wherever you are, sometimes it's awfully hard to do this, and especially this time of year because things are different, right? Maybe different again for you. And I think at the heart of this service tonight, this comfort and hope service, is just naming that to give all of you and all of you space to say and permission to name that life is rough right now in some ways, especially this season. All of you have experienced loss of some kind. For some of you, it was a death. Others, it was a big change. Others, life just hasn't turned out the way you thought it would be or the way that you wanted it to. For some of you, whatever it was was very recently, and some of you it was not. Some of you it was in this past year, and for some of you it was in years past, and that's okay. All of that is okay. There is no expiration date on lament and on grief. You can and you will miss your people and your past and your dreams every year, and at Christmas time especially. Some of you were probably prepared for this to be a really hard season. Some of you were not. For some of you, your grief looks like absences at your tables and at your family gatherings, and to others of you, it looks like old scars that have hurt again and again this time of year. Others of you are still sorting through life and through things, probably. I saw a post that read some months ago that grief looks like wanting to save everything that they touched, and I don't doubt that. 
And Christmas time brings so many memories of the things that they touched, like you too. And we feel more like our theme songs should be all the lonely people, probably, rather than all the holiday jingles, and rather than all is calm and all is bright, all is just different and sometimes really rough and really dark. And in that regard, at least, maybe it's fitting that the Christmas season happens when it is literally darker here and outside, right? It lands near the winter solstice, which is the day when there are the fewest hours of daylight in the whole calendar year. It's on December 21st this year, the darkest day of the year. And this is actually one reason that Christmas is on December 25th, because it took the place of an ancient celebration, a festival, recognizing the solstice. And so in that sense, I think it's fitting that Christmas is when it's darkest. Because Christ comes to us, I think, too. Christ draws closer to us, most nearly and dearly, when it is the darkest. Sometimes I think because of how our culture treats and celebrates Christmas time, we buy into the idea on purpose or on accident that in order for us to really feel the Christmas season or get in touch with Jesus this time of year, that we have to find happiness, right? We have to get with the social program that unconditionally loves lights and carols and joy to the worlds, and maybe if we just pretend hard enough to be into all of this stuff, then we can get caught up in Christmas and Jesus, and the true meaning of the season will find us again. But I don't think that that's true, because Jesus' life wasn't that way, and his arrival wasn't that way. He doesn't arrive in a bright, sanitized, yuletide setting. His birth happens when times are tough in the world. There's no celebration or festival. Jesus comes to us in a scared teenage mother, in a guest house shared with animals amidst her long-distance relatives, her in-laws, to give birth to a baby that she's been told is God. Christmas is a scary, painful, messy, ordinary arrival of a Savior into a world that is so broken. In other words, Jesus really comes not so much in the light and cheery at Christmas time, but in the dark and dreary. But in that, I think there's hope and even joy that's possible. The story I read from the Gospel of Luke a minute ago is about old Simeon and Anna. They are old. They are up there in years. Anna's 84. Simeon's probably there too. And they have been promised, we read, that they won't die until they see God's chosen one, the Christ, the Messiah. And when you're that old, way back then, time is running out for you. In their day, the world isn't getting any better. They're not living as a free people. Old age is a blessing, but it is also very precarious. Mobility and social circles and hearing and eyesight all dim. And there are many ways, as Isaiah writes, that the people walk in darkness. But God is faithful to God's promises. And in their old age, as hope is just flickering away, barely, who should walk into the temple one day but a young couple with a baby boy? It's Joseph and Mary and Jesus. And old Simeon, this old guy that they don't know, runs up and scoops up the baby boy Jesus in his arms. And how he does that without getting punched by Joseph, I have no idea. But he runs up and gets this baby boy, and Simeon somehow in that moment knows He knows that this child, this month-old baby, is the light and the hope and the salvation he has been waiting for. And he sings this, Master, now you are dismissing your servant in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the presence of all peoples, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. 
Somehow Simeon knows what this child will mean. It's light and hope for all people and salvation. Now, we never see Simeon again in the gospel story. He doesn't show up later. He doesn't see Jesus' healing or his teaching or his witness of the cross and the resurrection. He's in his 70s or 80s at this point in time, and baby Jesus doesn't start his ministry for another 30 years. So he and Anna, Simeon and Anna, are long gone by then. But when they glimpse the baby Jesus, they sing and dance because seeing Christ is enough because it has to be. Everything has changed somehow because there's light in the darkness and a hope that light shines and that light continues to shine 2,000 years later. Things are still tough in the world. It's not fixed. Everything isn't all better. In fact, it's pretty broken. But that's exactly where Jesus shows up still. This is a picture going around the internet of Christmas Lutheran Church in Bethlehem, same Bethlehem Jesus was born in, in Palestine. And you can barely see him, but baby Jesus is in the middle of the rubble there. He's in the midst of the wreckage all around. The nativity figures, you can barely see them too. They're there though. Mary and Joseph, shepherds and sheep and magi are gathered around Jesus. And this image reminds me that Jesus shows up in the ruins of life, not just in ornate or sparkly places. It might even be hard to pick out Jesus or to get to him, and yet everyone is still called to the manger and to this Savior. If in your life or your world it feels a little bit like you're living amidst rubble or wreckage, it's in the midst of that that Christ shows up. If you're feeling like you're on the outside of a bright, seasonal, cheery time and you can't get into the Christmas spirit, that's okay. You can't just plug it in and light things up and turn it on because more light also reveals more wreckage. And as desperately as we want to cling on to things, we might not be able to save everything, every item, tradition, or memory that our loved ones touched, but that's okay, because Jesus can. Jesus does save everything, everyone that he touches. Baby Jesus grew up to spend the majority of his time with the lost and the broken, the sick and the hurting, the poor in spirit, the grieving ones, the meek, the empty, even though maybe especially when their world is a bit wrecked and dark, and Jesus is light to them. Another truth of Christmas being near the darkest day of the year is that from here on out, from this point, from the 21st and on, the days get longer. The world gets brighter, the hours get lighter, ever so slightly, one day at a time. And the hope of Christmas, the flicker of light in the darkness, is this hope. It's in God's dawn that your eyes have seen salvation. You have heard this gospel of salvation, that with Simeon, just a glimpse of God's promises in the baby in the manger, the light in the darkness shines just enough to spark hope and maybe even give us peace. And the promise, too, is that your loved ones can also see God's salvation. Just as Simeon gathered up Jesus into his arms, God gathers up your loved ones. And God gathers up your broken relationships and your dashed hopes and your disappointments and your starkly changed lives all in Jesus. And this is the light to you, too, who walk in darkness. It's Jesus who walks with you.
that you may trust and hope and find peace. So may the peace of Christ be with you this season. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Farmington Lutheran Church, its ministries, and how to connect to this part of the body of Christ by going to farmingtonlutheran.com. Peace be with you.